Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back, baby. It's the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. Fisher, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Crowder, and the Quan Cosby. Get your horns up because we have a very special guest today, former UT running back. He set the record as a freshman, 276 yards on the ground versus Texas Tech. He tried to play it off before the show saying, nah, it was just Texas Tech. Anybody can do it. <laughs> but obviously, unbelievably like impressive, impressive <laughs> game out of our very special guest today, Chris Warren the third. Chris, what's going on, man? What's up? How you doing, guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, let's be fair. Texas Tech, but I mean, no, uh, those are all good guys, though. I mean, collegiate athletes, as we all know, but still, come on. Yeah, yeah. they're built. They're built to stop the pass, not the run. <laughs> oh yeah, their their run defense is soft as tiff treats, and we all understand that. Some yeah. of the softest cookies out there. Which, by the way, just came to Cali for you, Cali boys. Tiff Y'all treats. Need to order some. That we oh, will really? I'll have to. I'll have to get on the train for Tiff's treats. We we just got a Levain Bakery. I don't know if you Texas guys have ever had Levain, but it's a New York-based cookie company, and it's without a doubt the best cookie on the planet. So, <laughs> oh, bro, Tiff Cheese is Longhorn made. Anyways, we'll talk sports. We'll, <laughs> we'll, food, we'll talk. Man. We'll talk cookies, Q. Um, we'll <laughs> uh, big game. They're, they're one of their offensive linemen uh, from Iowa oh, State. Man. Oh, shoot. yeah. He's shooting fire, and which honestly, I kind of appreciate him him, him trying to you know stir the pot a little bit. I'm I'm into it. Um, you know, we are going into their house. We're going into their house with a guy who I I think we could all comfortably say has been our best offensive player this season. Filled some big shoes as well as he could film. It's very unfortunate. You hate to see it. Hopefully, he'll be back and good good as new next year with Jonathan Brooks's injury. Uh, Q, I'm sure you've had injuries, Chris. I know you dealt with injuries in in, in your career. What would you guys say to Jonathan Brooks? And then what would your message to the team be to help fill the void that he's leaving? Uh, well, I would say to, to JB, I would just tell him to just stay involved with the team. Um, Cause that's one of the things, especially uh, even if he doesn't try to, he is one of the, like the, I don't know how he is off the field or anything like that, but I know that he is one of their pillars on offense so definitely stay involved with the team, stay around the guys. Uh, if he's a guy that leads by example, obviously he can't do that. So that's when you got to switch and build a little bit of leadership and start talking to guys a little more. Mm-hmm. And I agree really from that standpoint. And and ultimately, Chris knows this, Nick, you know this. When one of your guys, your captains, whether he had the patch or not, JB is, and he's top three back in the country, number one in power five. When they get hurt, you stand involved, being on the sideline when you can, a couple of games, probably not this one, uh, the away game, but certainly when you get back home, just your boys seeing you down there and wanting to do a little more for you, um, watching film from the sideline, talking to the freshman CJ, and, of course, probably Blue's going to get a few more reps. Just 
that knowledge and kind of encouragement is always big and 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 rallying around that guy is is certainly going to be a big deal because he's that special to the team. I I mean I'd argue um Quinn is quarterbacks get all the love on every level but JB his consistency the year he's having um maybe it has big if not a bigger injury than when Quinn went down. Now fortunately mm-hmm. Quinn is back and and uh last game in in, in Fort Worth which I end up calling again. Um <laughs> you can see a little bit of the rust but um he ended up turning it on and making some good plays. Not Quinn-ish, the full game, but unfortunately for our Longhorns, we've kind of seen that almost every game of those lulls. And and kudos to Quinn, AD on the massive play, um, and finding a way to win. That's, I think, the difference of what we're seeing in these guys, um, excluding kind of, again, the injury. And, and that's another piece of it. JB gets hurt, and they find a way to – win it even after that so uh um, he had 100 plus before he got out so just making compensating sark of course game plan compensating and making adjustments for missing a jonathan brooks but um kudos to those guys for being nine and one and yet finding another road win and tcu that weirdly um has been a tough go since they got in the big 12 for Texas. Big our butt. <laughs> no, yeah. Dude, that, yeah tcu's one of them man yeah. Well, everyone, Chris, do you feel, you know, in your years too, that every time you stepped out to play somewhere, especially on the road, that that was their team's Super Bowl in a sense, like the biggest target on your back? Anytime someone plays Texas at home, like at their home, it's the it's the biggest game of the year. Texas could be zero and seven, but like yeah. it's just it's the Longhorn man. Like it's just that it, just like anytime anybody plays Alabama, when Alabama like anytime they play them, like it's that's. It, it means more. It means more, especially in the Big 12. So um, it's just one of those games. And uh, I know that they're playing Iowa State. And, I mean, at Iowa State, it's always a tough game, man. I don't know yeah. what it is. It's probably that grass, that air. <laughs> I was going to ask you, like, is, what do you, what's, what, what is it about that area that they have, like, our numbers, so to speak, when we go to their house? I could I not don't know if they have our number, though. <laughs> I wouldn't you know, say that. They have us four the last five times we're there. No, that's not true, actually. It, it, it was two or three, I think, it, which is still more than it needs to be. Yeah. Uh, they beat us, I think, three times there and twice at home in the last, say, ten games. So it, I think overall it might be five and five or something like okay. that, which is unacceptable for our standards. But to Chris' point, that's not special to us. I mean, I think they took down Oklahoma State when they were number two there. They mm. took down a lot of teams. And that's just, again, it's their Super Bowl. You know, ultimately, Campbell stayed there because, and he wouldn't admit this publicly, but the expectation levels, you you upset a couple of people, they're throwing a party for the rest of the year, and you're getting an extension. Yeah, you also, know, if you right. think about it, like, it's Iowa State, right? So, like, Iowa State's never going to be the team of whatever conference they're in. Right. So, and being in the Big 12 these past couple of years, every game has been like a upset game for them. So, they're not even yeah. the team of Iowa. You, you got I'm about to say, exactly. Iowa, Iowa State's exactly. not even going to be Iowa. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, that that's kind of their issue. That's the chip on their shoulder. And you know what's funny about the facts of it? Oh, they're all five stars. Dude, we get maybe two or three five stars a year if we're – that's with Sark being here. You know, I wasn't a five star. I had a great career, you know, and we all – Go there. It, that's what the the power of the Longhorn does, you know. Yeah. By you putting, but you going to Texas, it's 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 actually a 
compliment and they don't even realize it. It's like, yeah. oh, you go to Texas, you have to be a five star. And a lot of guys aren't, you know, ultimately, yeah. other than Georgia and Bama, you don't see anyone getting six, seven, five stars. So it just comes with it. You're going to get their best. They're going to hate on you because of that logo and that longhorn. And kudos for them because we haven't talked about it. But I think the guys, you have to be fired up before you hear something like that. But you absolutely got to throw a big old dump truck of fuel on the fire, when oh, you, especially sure. on that level. Because Homeboy was talking cash money crap even about oklahoma and they beat them by 30 earlier in the year it's just (laughs) we need to do exactly what oklahoma did to them it's definitely their super bowl you guys you guys said it best i mean it's it's their senior night too and you know i think we're going to benefit from going to the (laughs) sec because because of the fact that we benefit from going to sec because the fact that Every team in the SEC, for the most part, is like a Bama, Auburn, LSU. They've got that logo that it, that's a big target on their back. And being in a conference like the Big 12, where you're playing against West Virginia, you're playing against Iowa State, you're playing against Kansas State and Kansas, Texas always has the target on their back. But going into the SEC, you're more like the other team. So I feel like these teams, you know, are it's like playing against OU every single week for these teams, basically. Like what OU, even if OU is, you know, 0 and 4 coming into the game, they're still going to give it all their best because it's Texas versus OU. That's how every team feels about playing Texas. And it might not be that way. I mean, it's probably going to be the way the first couple of years when we go to the SEC because they're like, welcome to the SEC. But at the end of the day, I think we're more similar to a lot of these teams, which we're probably going to benefit from. But yeah, I mean, these guys have nothing left to play for. I mean, they're it's their right. senior night. They want to go out with a bang, and they want this to be the resounding statement win of the season and, and send Texas off. You know, this crying. will give Campbell another raise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's really how it is. You beat Texas, you get an extension. You, I put it like this: ultimately, Campbell are like, uh, we we held on to him, we gave him a raise. I mean, you lose this game, you're three, four losses in, and they're like. All right, where's our ceiling? Where are we going? How are we going to fare in the new Big 12? And this right here will give him that. that he, He's going to coach hard. He always comes out firing anyway, but he knows, and even though they don't admit it publicly, they know what this game means, and especially mm-hmm. in the position that we're in. Uh, the commissioner, I mean, ultimately, we win this one. We're in the Big 12 championship. The commissioner popping, you know, his comments, talking crap, and then they all just really – a lot of a lot of Big Twelve folks, especially those that are staying, want Iowa State to to pull the upset, and they're going to come out trying to do so. But ultimately, going back to this lineman, I think that energy is going to get matched on every level. Yeah, I I and I also it's one of the, you know before we get into some of our players and stuff we want to see in this game from those guys from our guys. Um, one of the things about the recruiting and the five stars that I thought I find to be ridiculous, the guy we started talking about the sh- off the show about with Jonathan Brooks is a three-star recruit. Jalen yeah. Ford is a three-star recruit. Ethan Burke, who's been one of our best defensive players, like probably our most underrated player, arguably of this season, Ethan Burke is a three-star recruit from Westlake. So it's yes, we have those five stars, five, five-star guys in tow. And we always have, because we're Texas. But it's really a lot of our three-star guys that are stepping up. And I mean, Chris, I'm sure you saw it when you were there that five-star guys didn't end up being five-star guys. And, you know, three-star guys were three-star, ended up being five-star guys in QU2. Yeah, absolutely. It's, that's that's one of the most resounding things you see. You see guys that definitely shouldn't be there, and you guys see guys that should be playing a lot more. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just one of the things, though. But, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I wasn't even five-star. Like, 
most places had me at four. Some had me at like three, but and I mean, it's not a, there's not a ton of five stars there usually. Yeah. And really, ultimately, and I'll end it with this. It just, thank you, because you just showed your envy. <laughs> I mean, what's funny yeah. is we expect it from AM, We expect it from Baylor, from UTSA, from TCU, from Tech. Tech has a whole, a whole chip <laughs> on their shoulder. Um, but the Iowa States of the world, it's funny because you, you, you don't, it's usually a little more respect. You know, Kansas is having a really good year, but Kansas still came in with a pretty good amount of respect. You know, and there's, I, and I'll, I'll say that I already mentioned Campbell a couple of times. For me, this is absolutely vindicated. This is what, this is how their leader is. I think Campbell can get a little mouthy. And, and I think ultimately, culturally, this yeah. is his lineman being a little bit like his coach. So I know his coach is probably pulling him over going, damn, dude, pump the brakes. Save that for after the game. But I, that's I, the crazy it's piece. So true. It's true. Say it after guys, the game all day long. But yeah. now he's lit a fire. And, and I, I think uh, T-Sweat and, and Murphy, uh, he's going <laughs> to think twice about that after the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I've said it to you guys before. I've seen I've seen back-to-back in press conferences Caleb Williams carry himself the way that Lincoln Riley carries himself. It completely bleeds through from the coach to the player. Like, it, it really does in college. Uh, we said, you know, Chris, obviously you had that rookie rushing record. We have another, you know, rookie freshman coming in to tow who's going to be toting the rock for us. What have you seen from said uh, C.J. Baxter – that you think that he could really take over this backfield and, and fill Jonathan Brooks' shoes? Um, well, I haven't watched the most games this year. I'm not going to lie. But um, what I have seen from a lot of the guys that I've seen a lot of effort mostly. And that's, I mean, when you're running the ball, that's really the one thing that you need to be doing more than anything is putting in some effort. Because a lot of times you're just going to get a lot of lazy defenders. You're going to get a lot of like arm tackles. You're going to get a lot of like, shoulder checks and if you just push through you'll you'll be good um but uh what i have seen from him i've seen a lot of explosiveness seen some some shiftiness uh so i i expect to see uh some mentoring from uh some mentorings not hand holding but just a little bit of like guiding him on along the way just but just making sure he just if he just runs tough he'll be good he'll be straight yeah I mean, he was in line to start when the season started, and he he went down in game one, and then and then JB had to step up and and do what he did this season. But you're right, man. I mean, this guy's a, a freak athlete. He's got a lot of bursts, fights for extra yards. I mean, that's one of the underrated things, you know, when you see a, a running back play is like, you know, getting a a yard or two after contact. That like, you know, m- people just overlook that. They think that's super simple to do, but. I mean, every time he makes contact, he's pushing forward for an extra two yards, which ultimately can, you know, result to three or four first downs. Yeah. No, right. And then I, I you know, it's funny. You know why people think it's simple? It's because Chris says it like it's so easy because it was easy to him because he plowed through people all the time. No, but, no, no. <laughs> you know, dude, I saw you. I was doing I saw you run over a lot of cats. And ultimately, you're right. I, I think uh CJ can do the same. What I think happened, and, and, and this is for his health and all the other, when he first got there, he started the season, but I think his pad level was pretty high. And I think as he, as he watched JB get low, do what he needed to do, hit the hole when he need to, to your point, he has that shiftiness. But when to utilize that is, 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 is a different you know, beast, and that's to learn 
skill set as you get more games. In high school, he was so skilled in Florida, I bet he could do which, where, however he wants to. But when you get in, you know, Power 5 play, Big 12 play, it's it's really patience in certain levels. It's hitting the hole and all the above and knowing the situational football. And I think that's where, I mean, really after JB went down, I think CJ averaged 6.8, seven yards a carry. And so he certainly has the capabilities to um, next man up and, and, and even continue what Jonathan Brooks have done. Yeah. Maybe y'all could speak to this, but there could, there could be something a little bit freeing that he's like not really fighting as much for playing time or playing back up to Jonathan Brooks. That kind of maybe I, it's just a question in my head. Like, does he feel more free as a player that he could come in there? There's not as much competition and it's really his backfield now versus like, he's like every, you know, rep counts because if it's not as good, they'll just bring Brooks back in and they'll keep riding Brooks or is that, not, Chris, is that a wrong way of thinking? You, yeah. No, I think the wrong position for that. I think okay. ultimately quarterbacks. Yes. Uh, if you're going every three or four series and different stuff like that, I think even receivers, you know, it's so weird because they rotate a little bit more than I was used to, but as a, a running back and Chris can speak to this way more, it's almost expected, you know, now it, it, it really, truly, it's so hard to be that, Back in the day when you're running 35, 40 play, plays a game, you can get her done. Now you're running 65, sometimes 70. So in my opinion, in those offenses, you just have to. And there's situational backs. There's first, second. You know, you get, then you got my man that's going to – Zeke was so good at being in there on third down later in his career, landing that blitz and all the above. So I don't know that that level free kind of have it himself. Cause I think you're still going to have to have another guy in there, maybe blue or whomever that can come in and kind of take some of the pressure off and pass protection with him being a true freshman. But Chris, you know that even better than I do. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things. Cause the, the thing about running back, especially is just like people don't acknowledge or appreciate the art of running the football, first of all. So they think it's all O-linemen most of the time. They're like, oh, if you, is it okay? Or the, it's either the running back is super special or it's the O-line. And if you go out with these expectations, you should be doing the same thing. But, I mean, it's not like that. You got to get into a rhythm. Um, that's the – that's I, th- I think the toughest part about having just a loaded room is just finding a guy to get into a rhythm. But mm-hmm. um, some guys, they don't need that. Some guys are – those little scat guys that can get 20, 20 yards, whatever on a run, come out three, four series, go back in, do it again. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's normally not like that, but it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's different. Yeah. It's different yeah. for each guy. Different specialties, you know, for different players. And, you know, with a guy like Bijan, like he just had so many different like weapons in his own arsenal that he could pass block. He can catch the ball. He was shifty. He had power. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. On our, on our offense right now, I'm looking, you know, like, Keelan Robinson's that quick guy, that scat back that we'd probably love to throw the ball to more often. I see a lot of that in Jaden Blue. CJ, I think, is more of like one of those do it all. You know, you got a pass pass block as well. So, yeah, I mean, he already has 87 carries this this season too. Freshman year. I mean, right off the bat, like that's a lot of carries for a freshman. So I don't think he'd be looking over his shoulder at all. I mean, I think if anything, he's welcoming this opportunity. I'm sure he wants the other guys to to get their opportunities as well, like Jaden and Keelan, as I mentioned. Well, and even Bijan, uh, been having that 
abilities, Rojo got a lot of carries. You know, Rojo yeah. was still that situational guy. Bijan kind of the starter, have his packages, but there was series Rojo started and had his packages. And running backs is such a, such a unique evolution of that position, right? Mm. Um, fullbacks in the league, there might be five of them. And yeah. then in college, you really – you saw K-State had a good one. that They they even utilized him mainly as a tight end. So fullbacks is a whole nother world. But even at the running back position, I think it's changed. Because one way you can give them a break or give them kind of third down and whatever is speed sweep, jet sweep with, you know, um, Jay Witt, you know, on a, on a jet sweep. There's just so many ways to utilize certain levels of it. We've seen Worthy on a reverse. So – you just got to get strategic. Um, but ultimately, going back to him being in that position, 87 carries, um, really pretty good uh, average. I think at the end of the day, running backs are great, and they can break tackles, and they can do a lot of things. But what make running backs, quarterbacks, receivers, and everybody else good is that O-line. You open mm. up a hole that, he, that a truck can drive through, he's going to be pretty dang good. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and our offensive line has been pretty fantastic, especially, I mean, maybe not in the, as much in the run game as the pass game. We didn't allow a single sack last week, but you really can't ask for a lot more than what our offensive line has been doing. And, you know, a lot of the running backs, Brooks did it great. And I think Baxter's, you know, shown some explosiveness in his back and his coming back from injury. And one of Bijan's bread and butter is everyone always talked about his, his shiftiness, his speed, his elusiveness. But like Nick, you were saying, he just had a great ability to move forward. He always got that extra yard or two, the extra three yards, which I think made him really great. Um, quickly around the horn, Nick, we'll start with you, Q, then Chris, then I'll go last. One key to the game you want to see from our team to really pull this one out uh, against Iowa State in the road. The biggest thing for me is – is uh, or sorry, did I skip Q? Did you say Nick? No, no, no I said I you first. Got it, got it. Uh, biggest thing for me is just play a clean game. Don't let this get to your head. Don't let the, the trash talk or – or them trying to get under your feathers, you know, under your skin, ruffle your feathers. Mm. Um, play a clean game. No penalties, you know, no no unsportsmanlike, you know, conduct penalties. Don't push anybody out of bounds, you know, don't hit anyone. Like, they're going to try to hit you. They're going to try to get you to to crack and, and try to spoil your season and try to get you suspended. And this is one of those games where you just got to, you know, check the scoreboard and then let them know that, they're, that you're going to play an extra – weak than they are because we're going to the conference championship and they're not. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Q. Yeah, man. I'm, I, I like that. Um, and by clean game, I say controlled chaos. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I think you, this is a sport you can knock the, you know, what out of them. And I think you need to knock the, you know, what out of them. I'm pissed off when I saw it. I was like, Oh, hell no. Um, but you can do that in a clean way. All it truly is, is like Chris said earlier, it's a level of effort, you know, really, um, just find that little extra in the tank because one, you're going to need it. You're in such a position. I mean, you're in a position to freaking go to the big 12 championship and win this mm. thing going out. There's, there needs to be a level of intensity that comes with that. You're too damn close to not let that add fuel to the fire itself. So really this is just another brick really where you are. You're not in where you're number seven and highs you've ever been in this era. Um, you have, you win this, you're in. I mean, you really control your own destiny. And then they add some more elements. Um, it's going to be cold, so manage that. But I, I think the best way to manage it psychologically is to just, if there's such a thing, 
run around like your hair on fire in a semi-controlled way so that you don't make mistakes and get penalties, but that when that game is over, they probably won't say a damn thing if they ever play you again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Chris, how about you? Yeah, I'm along. I'm kind of more along the line with a Q over here. I'm definitely more like, hey, like, who are they to talk trash to us? Come on. <laughs> like, sh- show them what's up. Like, because, I mean, I was never the biggest trash talker, but I don't let nobody talk to me like that. Period. Mm-hmm. So, and especially since, like, we're 9-1, and one, we are, like, the team in the Big 12 right now. We have a chance to go to the – like, we have a chance – to like to go all the way to be honest um i think it's i think it's a genuine (laughs) playoff team genuinely um now you just go into this big 12 game just push on keep it going i mean like put your put your foot on the throat play the game how you're supposed to play the game and just don't just don't do anything stupid i mean Mm. it's whatever it's what every coach says whenever you go into a game like this q you know Absolutely. And, he, and those team meetings, you get the head coach sitting there. He's like, all right, guys, we're going to go in there. They got nothing to lose. Just don't do nothing stupid. I mean, it's basically how it is. You go out there, you put your best foot forward. You show them why you're 9-1, and one, should be 10-0. and 0, And then you go out there and you'll take care of business, get back on the plane, head home, and get ready for the next week. Yes, sir. Yeah. Josh, Absolutely. Before, before you go, please do Chris and Quan, do we, we expect that – we carry the ball less this game because we're down a running back. You think that we pass the ball more just to keep our guys a little bit healthier? It's hard to say because for me, I expect them with Jay Brooks being out to just run a little bit. They run that three, three, whatever that gibberish is, but I think the defense predicates that, you know, ultimately if they think we're going to pass more and they're going to go dime the whole way or they're going, you know, too high the whole way. No, run the damn ball down their throat, mm-hmm. and especially with our old line. So, I think the defense you, you plan for both. Now, absolutely, like I said, jet screen, a few bubble screens, screen game in general, uh, depending on the skill sets of the guys you have in there. But I, I actually I don't know mainly because of what Iowa State is going to throw at us right. versus our plan. We're pretty balanced, and we always have been. You know, we really – Jay Brooks get his, but then Jay Brooks get his, and Mitchell has 110. Worthy has 100. You know, uh, Jay Witt has, you know, 70. So, um, Sanders, we haven't even brought him up. He has his 80 to 100. So, we're a pretty balanced team, and I think we're going to stick to that unless they do something tricky or crazy, which they're actually known for doing a little bit versus us yeah. on defense. And they do something weird, um, we'll adjust accordingly. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah. I, I mean, I think kind of going off what these guys are saying, Nick uh, and, and Kyle, like not not making any slip ups in the sense of like respecting them a little bit too. Like they have won four of their last five. You know, they are tied for second in the conference. They're not not playing for anything. Like they there's a way where they can get to the Big 12 championship too. Like, yes, they want to beat us. Yes, this is their Super Bowl, but they're also playing for that extra game, like you said. And they have guys in their team that are pros. Like TJ Tampa, their cornerback, is one of the top-rated corners in, in the league. Like, he just is. Like, he's a real and, – and honestly, on, on you know, for what it's worth, sometimes I'll throw the pro football focus stats. They're the 28th-ranked team out of all 130, and they're a top-30 defense. So defensively, Campbell and this Iowa State team always have a pretty solid defense, and nothing's really changed this season. Like they're going to give us a really tough time. It's a night game. 
um, five, it's 5 p.m. our time, so it's late for y'all. Uh, you know, on the West Coast, it's 5 p.m., which is which is nice. Um, but it's a late game at night, and you know we're going again into their place, and, and their defense is going to be tough. So it's really just you know playing our game too on the defensive side. Like we, Chris, you said we have a playoff team. We always go back and forth on our show whether this is a playoff team or this isn't. I think at a full health, our defense, when it's firing on all cylinders, is a playoff defense. Is what I'll say. I think there are lapses in the offense. And there are injuries in the offense that could prevent us, you know, from being a quote unquote playoff team or playoff roster. But defensively, when our defense is firing on all cylinders at full tilt, this is a playoff defense. So I think keeping that in mind and, and going at their offensive linemen who are talking smack on our what is our strongest point, like you said, Q with Murphy and Sweat, I think that'll ultimately ultimately lead us to a victory where some people, some pundits out there are pegging that this is the game where we actually slip up. Um, and, and I think we throw it in their face. And, and, I think and take one thing, business. too, about the playoff piece of it, I don't think anybody's saying we're not a playoff team. Because mm-hmm. you win the Big 12 and you went out, you're going to be in the playoff. You better. I think the conversation is, can we win that natty? That's yeah. where I'm not sure. <laughs> See, the there's a distinction between being in the playoff and being able to compete against like a – Georgia or so yeah. whatever for that TCU number for that title game. was in the playoff. You <laughs> got beat by 80. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, and that's ultimately the different conversation for me. But I want to one last thing I want to touch on is the night game and, and Ames. Dude, we beat the hell out of Alabama in Tuscaloosa at night. Yeah, I right. promise you, Ames, Iowa is not crazier. I was at the game. It was not crazier than Tuscaloosa at night. It's not. Mm-hmm. So that, <laughs> it's not. Let, let, let's Chris. Not, calm down, Mr. Lyman. They're all, uh, they're all going out for a, for a team bingo afterwards. After yeah, they yeah I'm like, bro, like, come on out. So that's the, and by the way, let's look at Ames' night record versus Alabama's. And so ultimately, we still, we know what we are and who we are. If we play that complete game, we can beat the crap out of them. We don't give a damn if it's night, 11, 2.30, you name it. So that's – and I know Sark will say it the same. Like, they, the, the biggest deal has been made. And, and, again, they play us tough. Everybody does. But we played a night game on the road this year. And let's be real, it's the most complete – well, we just played another one. It wasn't complete. But we, we played plenty of night games on the road. And this will just be another one, a little colder. But um, Iowa State is, 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 is no scarier. Not that we're not going to respect them, but Crimson Tide is a – a little more intense at night than, than Ames, Iowa. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chris, a couple of questions on your career in Texas, um, if you don't mind. The You had two coaches, Chuck Strong, a player's coach. A lot of guys loved. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. And then you had Herman in his first year. What do you think didn't work out for those two coaches uh, and why didn't they last versus a guy like Sark, who's now it's seemingly we found our guy and this is hopefully a their coach for a long time. And maybe anything you've heard from players that, you know, now that are on the team. Um, I don't really talk to many of the players now. Um, I just basically talk to maybe one or two of them, tell them, Hey, good luck or whatever yeah. for the season and all that. Um, I've never been one to really like reach out and all that. Um, but what I can say about the previous two coaches I'm not sure. Uh, I think that was uh, from just from being there in my personal experience, I would say it's more or less just like 
the wrong people were with the wrong people. I mean, that's the only thing I can really think. Because, I mean, because by the time, because when Strong was there, he had all of Max guys, right? And he was trying to build something with them. But basically didn't work out, right? And by the time his guys all got there, it was Herman's group. It was Herman and them. And then so then, and then that didn't work out. And then so uh, I think also it's a matter of um, sticking with something. I think we, as a group, flip-flop very easily um, yeah. as a fan base. I think that's one thing that uh, we we have that I think is a, I, I will own up to it, as a flaw of us UT fans. We uh, high one second and we are low the next. Bro, that is, I, would, uh, I would actually say more low than high because – for sure. The amount of texts I've gotten this week, and we're nine and one and control oh our destiny. Oh, my God. Don't get me I'm started like, with listen, that. folks, listen. I had, to, I had to pull the whole Bobby Bowden, first year, get our head beat in. Next year, lose close games. Third year, win close games. Fourth year, you're beating people's head in. I was like, I've been pulling out everything on the planet because, I mean, I was listening to the radio in Austin this morning. We're nine and one, but it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel good. I was like, if you don't feel good about where we are, that's, a, that's your own damn problem. Because I promise Honestly. you, you know who we're not? We're not AM. They just fired their coach. <laughs> Baylor's coach is on the chopping block. I mean, there's a lot, there, there may be five to six Texas jobs this year open after this season. And thank goodness, finally, we're not one of them. And so those are the perspective I think as a fan base, we sometimes get just a, a bit um, entitled. And and we need to pump the brakes, be present, and appreciate where the hell we are because we haven't been nine and one since what two thousand nine, and um it's and, and let's be real, as much as we won, we were hell we were nine and one once, maybe twice. Nah, I take that back. We were nine and one every year because we lost in them a couple of times, but. Still then, there was times where they didn't appreciate that. So yeah. I just – I'm going to appreciate the heck out of it. And and, and so, you're so right, Chris. We, we're we tough on our crew, and that consistency is a big deal. The fact that we matched our season win total from last year, two weeks ago, and we still have got at least two more games to play, maybe three, maybe four, maybe five games to play, it's unbelievable. And Bro, we were happy to be bowl eligible at one point. Just being real. Yeah, I mean, like we we were excited to to just be in the the Alamo Bowl yet again and again and again against and so, Mizzou for the fifth time. I yeah, feel like we play Mizzou every every time, dude. It's always against like, Mizzou. Right, which New Year's Six Bowl are we going to be in? And yeah. even that's not an indictment on the players, or really, it's an indictment on, in my opinion, the administration has changed. I say it all the time, man. With these guys. I had the same people my entire time. We've changed three, four ADs, three presidents, so many levels to it. But now we got the best president in the country, Jay Hartzell. Shout out to my dude. Um, CDC is doing a really good job. Um, so much excitement, fan experience, and all of that is next level now. Chris, you need to get back over there so we can have some fun. Um, and, and then Sark gets it. I mean, uh, Sark may not have been the overall so-called choice, but he was the right choice, in my opinion. He, he was the right person for the job. We've talked about that a million times. Texas is not a big-name place. Texas is a the right person place, and that's where I think we went wrong in the other 
it's not even an indictment to Charlie. Herman's a whole other conversation, but it's not even an indictment to Charlie. Charlie's <laughs> I still, I still keep in touch with Charlie. Charlie's the man. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. now we have the right person. We have the light. They are all aligned, as we talk about. And uh, I think that's when you start to see the success like we have and culture slowly but surely building. Mm. For sure. Yeah, it's really, really well said, Q. Uh, Deonta Foreman was a guy you shared the backfield with, Chris, and we were talking a little bit before the show, and we never really covered him on unfor- – unfortunately, honestly, we haven't really talked about that season on the show. Maybe that is a testament to how underrated it was. Uh, where do you well, think I can Foreman – tell you why. Yeah, please. Because we lost to Kansas that year. That's why yeah. y'all don't talk. That's why no one talks about it. Oh, yeah. He had a few fumbles that game, huh? I think he had one or two, but I mean, we lost to Kansas that year. And that's why no one talks about that year ever. Ah, you're right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. That was a real game. Okay. That was a that nail was in the coffin tough. for. Uh, yeah. Because I, I remember I was watching that game with Malik because Malik was also hurt that year. Um, I, uh, Great I, 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 I tore my PCL, I think, and mm-hmm. I was out. But I was I was there watching the game, and I mean the dude had like thirty five carries, forty carries, something like that. And like I mean, but I mean we lost to Kansas. I mean that's why we don't talk about his award that he got, um, just the monumental season that it was. I mean it's if we won that game, more people would probably be talking about that season. To be honest, in my opinion. Because it was a phenomenal season, and he was the Doak Walker winner. Does that hurt you as his team? I don't know y'all's relationship, of course, but does that hurt you as his teammate? You know. Oh and- yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I wasn't really close with Deontay. Deontay and myself are not necessarily polar opposites, but we definitely are just different people, to say the least. Um, but yeah, no, because I mean, when you spend that much time with somebody, like you're going to be attached to them in some way or another, uh, and I supported him. It's my boy. And he was out there and he was doing his thing and he was taking, he was running away with it. And then, I mean, it's just felt bad for him, man. I mean, especially whenever, uh, especially since um, before it felt like he wasn't as invested, but when he started getting his footing, he started to get a lot more invested. I'm sure Q, you can speak to it whenever you see a teammate that realizes something and then they finally start putting a little more effort into something is starting to get a little more better, a little more film, a little more treatment, and then it adds up. And uh, yeah, it sucked for it sucked for me to watch. You know, it's crazy. Well, and there are more factors even behind the curtain. There is, you know, his brother was there, and he mm-hmm. was kind of. It, it was a lot of moving parts during that time. There was and a lot of moving parts. It just, I go back to things being aligned. Things weren't as aligned during that time uh, to certain levels. And so, and it's not their fault. It's, it's just a, a lot of moving parts, but that's why. And, and when he started balling out, um, he did just prepare differently. He saw the future. And I'm going to tell you what's even crazier. His brother was a higher recruit, going back to the whole star yep. stuff and all oh, that nice. stuff. It was almost like, oh, let's have a, and I don't mean this in a negative way to our foreman. He's still in the league doing the sling. Love yeah. what he did for, for UT. But it's like throw in, like, hey, hey, take his brother at running back too, and he ended up just balling out. So yeah, no, a lot more to that piece of it. But you know, it's crazy. He carried the ball fifty-one times against Kansas, not loss. Yeah. How are you doing that? 
Why are you doing that to a player? No, how, that, many, that, how, many, how many plays did we run that game? That, that sounds like an 80 play game. Uh, 80, 90 play it, game. Uh, 63 rushing, 17 passing. So, yeah, that's yeah. That, that's a dog. Who was a quarterback? Shane. Shane Bouchel. Wow, that's three, surprising. Three, three and the weather wasn't terrible for him to only throw the ball 17 times. Well, again, that's my point on alignment. We had what already shuffled through a couple of um that was our coordinators. third no, yeah, third offensive so that's, coordinator. Those are the back things that you just don't realize when you're thinking about that. And that coordinator's struggling. Our fan base is ready to throw them out already. Charlie, essentially, I, I was there doing radio and one of the saddest scenes I've ever been in, um, just with staff and friends and family. Um, it was it was a crazy day. So all these different pe- coaches, you know, just all these different pieces, man. It was um, that was a wild game. This yeah. is why we don't talk about it. We always, I got over here, salt all kinds in my wound over here. We're, yeah, we're it, not it, a it, it, can't talk about it, man. It's a you're just a victim of your own success. We'll, we'll wrap this. We'll wrap this uh, somber segment up of the show. We had to, I had to, I had to ask. Though. I'm just I I had to ask. Okay. No, I because we were. I mean, Nick and I were students. Nick and I were students during the time you were playing, yeah. Chris. Hmm. And I remember being in every single game. And I remember waking up one day in the fall and going, whoa, 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 whoa. This kid is having a season of all seasons, a season as good as Ricky, a season as good as, you know, Benson Campbell, as Jamal Charles, Prius Holmes, and nobody is giving him the love in the nation that he deserves. And I remember being bummed as a fan. I remember being, you know, bummed as a fan that I felt like Charlie never got a fair shake, a full – I was about full, to say, that's another piece of it. A full you shake, give too. Love because – we had donors saying Charlie's not the guy. So it was just a bad time Weird. for the Longhorn Athletic and especially Longhorn football space. It's crazy that he finished eighth in the nation for Heisman voting that year. Yeah. Lamar Jackson won it, then Deshaun, then Baker, then D.D. Westbrook, then Jabril Peppers, then Jake Browning, then Jonathan Allen, defensive lineman, then Deontay Foreman. Wow. That's how much they they value wins in college football. I mean, that's yeah. a five and seven team right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but appreciate you sharing that and giving that insight, Chris. Man, it's something we've always been very <laughs> curious about. And then on a lighter note, we always ask our Longhorn brothers this uh, and sisters. Um, we have to get some more sisters on the show. It's been, it's been only it's been only the bros. It's been only it's been a bro. It's been it's been a bro hangout. We had Chris Harris Jr. from Kansas. He's got all daughters. He's like, this is where I come out to hang out with the homies. This is my time away. It's my time away. Um, what's your favorite moment as a Longhorn? And this could be from anything, man. Playing. It could be you just out and about in Austin with your friends. Anything your favorite yeah, so moment? Well, I'd, I'd say moment slash memory, whichever. Yeah. One. Well. I'll tell you one thing, like uh that first that first win against Notre Dame at home to this On day. Sunday, that was special overtime. Day, I mean, because I it was just the fact that like last the season before was so jaded. Oh, it was so bad. Oh, everything about the year before. Everything. And then we started the season like that. Oh my goodness. At home. Oh yeah, that's that's my favorite memory from my time. To be honest, like I, I there's nothing. Even I mean, even my times like watching the like the OU games, those were great and everything. But I mean, it's just that Notre Dame game was. That's my favorite memory by far. I will never forget that. That, that was, was an it. electric moment. 
It's probably really top was. three sporting event I've ever been to in my entire life. And I've seen like the Red Sox. I'm a Red Sox fan. I've seen the Red Sox win the World Series like live in person. And I would say that was probably, a, I mean, I had, a, I had an ankle sprain and I was in the stands jumping up and down. Uh, Dang, Chris, you just did some. I lied. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I was doing the post game. I hadn't done post game for a long time. And, and Will Matthews is wife had a kid so i did it the k-state game and i just did it the um tcu game well hell i said i've never called an overtime game that was double overtime game that was double overtime <laughs> damn it you the liar out of me i totally forgot about that so, i mean to be fair it's a double overtime so it's double overtime not just overtime yeah like yeah right <laughs> Chris, you're an attorney yeah. now because you say i'm so sad that, that you never stretch know. that he had that tyrone had in the end zone just will ever be ingrained in my 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 mind he just dies for it yeah. walk off touchdown oh, dude, I, I got i got a great video of that by the way I'll show the you. uh that season to be completely honest like i think they were number 10 when we beat them or something right we were number we were number 10 and then um we went out the. I think when we went out the cow, we were nine. We were either uh, nine, ten, or eleven. It was somewhere around there. Yeah, beat the brakes and, off of UTEP, and then like top ten team, and then just season just falls off, wheels fall off from cow. I think three game losing streak. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. I was I was beyond pissed because Oklahoma State was that was going to be a game. We were going to win that game too. Mm. Yeah. yeah, well, that's and on a, on a good note, like. Those games as Texas guys, as Texas fans, you guys are players. Um, these are the games though that we're winning now as a program, and that's been a great shift. Like a game against like TCU, like we saw last weekend, Texas loses that game somehow, some way. You that's know, that's what and, I try to tell a lot of fans. Like a lot of fans don't understand that like we're winning those games now, whether it be three points or like seventeen points. Like yep. the when past like seven years, we haven't we haven't been winning those games. Even though we should, we haven't been. Now we are winning those games. So, so it feels a little different. Yeah. We got to, like, we're winning those games. We're winning the big games and we're winning the little games. Right. So let's go ahead and let's take that. And that's why there's that Absolutely. distinction for being a, a playoff team where we're, we're just squeaking by and winning those games and being a actual champion and that's not even being in those too. games where exactly. we're just like, there's no doubt, you know? Yeah. Q can, Q can tell you as a, one of those teams that's going for the championship. For you got to be able to just if they are not supposed to be on the field with you, they're not supposed to be on the and, field. With you. They need to know by halftime that damn. Yeah. All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's get this one over with. Yeah, get back on the anybody, anybody that's played, you know, you you and you guys walk out there. They're like, all right, I'm trying to be done by I'm trying to be done by halftime. All right, let's <laughs> go. So yeah, you go out there and you do it, but. We'll get there. I think. I think we'll get I there. Agree. To be honest, I, 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 I really like this group. I like what's being done. Um, I think that they have a lot they can give. I really do. Yeah, and recruiting is fire. We just landed another big recruit, DB. So you keep that rolling. It's gonna. Um, I guess that makes uh, the lineman a little bit true. But now we're about to back it up. Dang it! <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We close games. You know the K State game, like. That was one of those times when, like, here we go again, and we yep. for we did the four and out, like put put you know we had the stand. So, really well said, everybody oh, all big, around. Big shout out Texas basketball landed the number RT. four recruit. Yeah. yeah. Oh hey, I'm going to the game tonight. We're going to Let's see go. Rice tonight, baby. That's oh, a man. huge huge recruit. Huge recruit for RT Johnson. Good yeah. job, RT Rodney Terry. Love everybody wondered, is it over? No, that dude's recruiting, and he has a really good team. Very yep. differently structured than the Chris Beard teams, but 
I went to the opening night, and I like what I saw. Watched the other night. Um, we got some bigs down there who are who are nasty. <laughs> oh boy, from Virginia, do they? They're yes. not. They're not afraid to bounce <laughs> around. So I'm really liking what I'm seeing early on. Yep. Um, Duke already has a loss. Kentucky already has a loss. Michigan no, State too. Somebody USC else. lost to UC Irvine the other day. Yeah, there's some teams that are you know considered blue bloods that already lost a game. So yep. we're gonna take our two and zero, three and zero, and try to extend it tonight. Let's do it. Love it. Hoops RT again, again going coinciding with what you said about SarQ. It's not always the name guy; it's the right guy, and I think we right have guy. a lot of that at, at Texas. Chris W three, thank you so much Sir. for joining us. Good to see you, Juan, fam. Good to oh, see you, man. man. Thanks for Thanks coming for on. Me. Thanks for having me. Good seeing you guys. Anytime, man. You're always welcome. Nikki Snacks Crider, the DJ himself, and the Quan Cosby. We'll see you guys. Let's go to Ames at night in their face. Let's be done by half, baby. Hook them horns. We'll <laughs> oh, yeah. Or if we win by one, I don't care. Just beat <laughs> yeah. them. Just yeah, get the win. Wins and hook them horns. We'll see you guys next hook time. Hook them, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.